HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Do you need a CPA that you can trust with all your taxes and financial needs? Look no further than Joanne Flash Fleming at Fleming & Associates CPA. For more info, go to flashfleming.com or email Joanne directly at j-o-a-n-n-f-l-e-m-i-n-g at flashfleming.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Are you starting a business and need a mentor to help you get off the ground? If you do, this episode of Tech Bites is for you. Morning, Heritage Radio Network listeners. I'm Jennifer Leutzi. This is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk about the intersection of food and technology with people making the tech, looking at the tech, and influencing the tech. Today is episode 87, in case you're listening in the future, and it is also Thursday, February 16th. And if you're listening live or in the future, that's a notable date because this is the big um, immigrant day protest where immigrants are typically theoretically not going to work to kind of show the country how important they are and a large part of that movement was spearheaded by chef jose andres and his restaurants down in washington dc we're actually sitting in a restaurant right now the heritage radio network studio is a repurposed shipping container adjacent to Roberta's Pizza Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And they're just getting started. They actually open at 11. Um, I haven't noticed anything really different so far on my day. I have. When I was uh, on the way here, there was the subways were uh, very, very empty. The streets felt a little empty. So, you know, I, I noticed that there were less people around. That is the voice of Stephen Hall, founder uh. of Hall <laughs> PR, who is one of our very special guest today on this episode of Get Mentored. Oh, Stephen, thank, thank you, you for taking the Baron subway out to Bushwick. Oh, you know, the L train is my favorite uh, crossword puzzle train. <laughs> also joining us today is Cheryl Clements, who is the founder and CEO of a company called Pie Shell. Hi, thanks for having me. 
Yes, thank you for coming out. Absolutely. I uh, think I was on the same L train. <laughs> Pretty empty, right? Yeah, actually it was. I was curious what was going on. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I realized that's what's probably happening. A lot of restaurants are closed yeah. today, specifically. You know, the staff really encouraged the restaurants to close. They, you know, w- normally would have just stayed open, but the staffs really did encourage restaurants to close. So um, I'm sure there'll be reports throughout the day on the various food blogs and websites about uh, restaurants that are closed uh, in support of uh, Immigrant Walkout Day. Yep. It's a very interesting, spontaneous thing. And uh, from what I've been hearing from some different chefs and restaurant people um, that I've spoken with is that a lot of them sat down with their staffs and took votes or had a discussion and sort of decided collectively what they wanted to do and if they decided to stay open. Um, I know that Chef Tom Clicchio had tweeted that he supports any of his employees who want to take the day off. So it seems like it's um, evolving very organically with a lot of participation from all the people. It'll be interesting to see what happens on the consumer side. Yeah, no, it's very much so. We represent Tapestry, the restaurant owned by Subir Saran, and you know his staff did the same thing. They told him, look, if you want to open the restaurant, we'll be here for you, but we would really prefer to not work tomorrow. And they, of course, being an immigrant-owned restaurant, <laughs> agreed to close. And it's a big hit for restaurants, you know, because, you know, one day of sales is one day of sales, you know, and servers and it's not, you know, it's everybody. But it's a time, you know, the restaurant business is a very philanthropic business anyway. And I say this all the time, like we're always called upon to give food or, you know, go to events and put out free food and feed everyone and support so many causes. Um, And it's great because I always say that if there's been a natural disaster somewhere in the world, someone who works in a restaurant has a family member that's been affected by it. And this is um, our national disaster. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting one. This is one of the um, moments of protest, I think, which will have um, an impact on people's income specifically to protest. Um, If they decide to do this, they will not you know, likely earn a wage that day. The business won't earn money that day. Um, So I think it takes it to a slightly different level from, you know, other types of protests where there is not an economic penalty for people when they protest. Similar to the um, bodega owner Uh uh, protest that happened a few weeks back where it was for a a few hours in the afternoon. I think they had a thousand bodega owners in New York City protest in Brooklyn. Years ago, when the uh, marriage equality bill, or even before that, and the gay rights bill was coming up, there was Day Without Gay. What is that like? <laughs> very Not very colorful. <laughs> <laughs> and no, no singing. Very bleak. No, no singing. No, no, no uh, dancing. No dancing, no singing, no, you know, no, no, uh, well, we, we can't Probably, get it. Let's yeah, not well, get into stereotypes. Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> it's be amusing it's, to, it's but, never you know, you yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's inside, never fun inside jokes. Yeah. It's not fun when you lose that much of a percentage of your population. Right. Uh, you exactly. Know, everyone's needed to make it a great world. Right. Exactly. So on that note, on that note, <laughs> let's make it a better world with your business. Yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah, I'm super excited. Well, I, I digress from the beginning to sort of tip into current events, but we'll sort of work, work our way back to technology and do like we always do at the beginning of each episode. We like to start with an app. I like to ask everybody what their current favorite app discovery is, or maybe it's an old favorite that's been living on your home screen forever and ever and we will start off with the man in the booth mission control our show's engineer and the network's studio manager david tattashore hello how are you doing i'm doing good how are you doing back there i'm good we're uh you know coming through the stratosphere on this uh 
Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> Every time you say mission control, I feel like an astronaut. So you should just play some David Bowie or some. I don't you think know. we have the resources to to get away with that. Right. Oh. Even saying his name is some rights. I think rights would really. You'd say his name, but we can't that, play right? his music. Maybe some um, robot or rocket ship sound effects we could work on. Yeah. I'll, I'll Lift look, off. I'll look for that. Lift off, maybe. That'd be I'll a good look for one. Something. David, uh, do you have an app that you like? Yeah, so, I mean, everybody's probably noticed now how in, I think, I think every subway station in New York at this point, you can get Wi-Fi. Um, Finally. Yeah, Yay. right. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being in Singapore in 2004 when they had TV and Wi-Fi in the subway. And oh, I was wow. like, but no human what, rights. Are, what are we doing in, in New York City? Um, yeah, so now that that is ubiquitous, uh, I have downloaded and installed a VPN app, uh, specifically Opera VPN, which is just sort of like an added layer of protection when getting on public Wi-Fi. Excellent um, call, wow, David. Very good. Excellent call. So, yeah, that's that's my app. I'm going to be downloading that after the show. Yes, me too. I ditto. Yeah. Mm-hmm the trifecta of app downloaders right. <laughs> excellent yeah. excellent especially since you know i use my phone for like banking and that kind of stuff all the time everything is in your phone now yeah. even your fingerprint yeah, in some crazy. instances yeah, so I, do I mean your whole entire identity is now in your phone in, in many respects so yeah. you you have to be careful because it's really bad when your wallet runs out of battery because yeah. <laughs> I use my phone with the fingerprint. I often use yeah. it at grocery stores and things like that. And it's you know you got to make it's pretty embarrassing when your wallet's out of battery. You know, yeah. I saw this play a few years ago called, called uh, Privacy that was at the Public Theater with Daniel Radcliffe, and it was a great. It was one of the only plays where they encourage you to use your phone during the production. Oh, brilliant! Um, and um, and it really was about. And they took you through the steps in it of how. You don't even know what's in your phone. At least I don't know what's in my phone. To me, it's just like a big toy kind yeah. of thing. And I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I always say, you know, technology is just a mere acquaintance, you know. Uh, and uh, and it was, pre- I was like, you know, it was pretty amazing, you know, what people f- can find out about you so simply and easily. And yes. they would call people up onto the stage yep. and say, oh, so I see that you have a cat named Fluffy, you know. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of crazy. And now it's following you around everywhere, you yeah. know, just yeah. following you around. It's kind of creepy. Okay, everybody. VPN app, Opera. <clears throat> okay, Get yes. Stephen, do you have an app that you like, uh, even though you're just sort of like a, a, a <laughs> mere acquaintance and tech adjacent? Exactly. Tech adjacent is a good word. Actually, you know, uh, I... Um, because I eat for a living, it's very important for me to stay as uh, lean as I possibly can. So I'm very fond of my gym, and I'm very fond of my tra- the trainers that work out in my gym. And one person just developed an app called FitMatch. FitMatch. Correct. Where you can um, sort of you download the app, and you put in the type of workout that you like to do, and it will find you a gym in an area that has specialties in what you are looking for. It will also connect you to a workout buddy, oh, um, cool. and it's also very good for if you're on the road and you travel and you don't you know, it's like Airbnb, and there's certainly not a gym when you have right, Airbnb. Right. But you know, and I know when I travel. 
travel and I stay in an Airbnb sometimes, the first thing I say to the host is, you know, where's, where's the closest gym? Because, you know, I'm going to eat and I got to get on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. And this app will help you find that. And also, if you stay somewhere else for a longer period of time, will help you find a trainer for that period of time, too, if you're looking for it. So, and a workout buddy. And a workout buddy. And I said, and you know, <laughs> there's issues, <laughs> you know, because you got to put your picture up and all that kind of stuff. So I said to him, how Do you are you going to put your picture like, up while you're working out? Right, exactly. Is it a gym? You know, is it a gym photo? It's a kind of like, uh, you know, it's a kind of... Buff um, and tough? Bu- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, how do you not have it turn into that kind of an app, you know? So it's the, it's the um, friend finder app masquerading as fitness. It's, it's a, yes, it's a fitness app serious, done by a serious fitness trainer who is, you know, wants people to just work out together and better. Yes. You know, no matter where they are. Statistically, it is true, though, that people will work out more and better if they are accountable to another person, whether that person be the trainer or the buddy or their sure. coach or the class. Yep. You sort of feel that extra layer of obligation. Yep. Um, and potential guilt if you don't go and don't work out. There's so. also a progress issue when you, you know, when you do that because you're so easy when you go to the gym. It's so easy to say, okay, I did this, you know, and then right. not to think. I walked on the treadmill for five, a half hour you know? while I was texting, right. watching a movie. It is very funny that the Food Network, every time I go to the gym, I'm amazed how many people that watch the Food Network on like, uh, on, on cardio. <laughs> I think it gives them incentive <laughs> to keep going. You it, know what I mean? It's like, I gotta get that strawberry shortcake. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. the reality is you'd have to be on the treadmill for like three days to eat that hit the calories yeah. for the strawberry shortcake. Well, you know, there is always that debate as to whether or not the calories it says you burn, you actually do burn. Yeah. Well, if you're, you know? if you're doing it with a heart rate monitor, you're probably getting close. Jennifer's very, she can talk very much about this because <laughs> she's Miss Tai Chi girl and is incredibly fit. Um, so anyway, even though she's married to a chef. <laughs> Who is probably one of the fittest people alive, actually, exactly. <laughs> even though he's a, exactly. even though he's a chef. Right. Anyway, moving Anyway, on. we digress. Okay. A lot of so easy to do show. that. Sorry. Yeah, Stephen, he's a great guest because he's a great talker. Uh, so, Cheryl, uh, yeah. do you have an app that you like right now? I do. Um, I actually love the Sonos app um, for Valentine's Day. I bought the love of my life, my husband, Adrian, a new wireless speaker in our apartment. And so it's not an app we can use outside the home, but it's super cool because it connects all these speakers in our bedroom our bathroom was the one i just got him we have a sound bar in our living room and one in the kitchen because one of the things that he used to love so much when we when he had a home many years ago was that it they built them with all these speakers in the walls and surround sound and so i'm a little bit of a google expert and i'm trying to find a really cool thing and sonos has all these speakers like i said they can be in different rooms everyone can have different music one can have the tv and so it's great he can be he i cook he does the dishes so you know i can be listening to something and he can be watching tv with different speakers and then he can go in the kitchen and he's jamming away to his music which is not what i'd want to be listening to in the bedroom and so we can have different stuff and or the whole house can be singing the same song so it's super cool so yeah i love it that's fun. Wow. Sonos. Yeah. To go with the Sonos speakers. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to do that. it without the speakers, but, uh, but <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's, it's a package deal. It is a package deal. But it's cool. You can import all your playlists and all your, you know, Apple music and from both anyone's phone who's in the house. So it, and people can use it really easy. So it's nice when you have company. It's great. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Surround sound for your home. I love it. Soundtrack for life. Yeah, exactly. So Cheryl and Stephen are here for our 
newest installation of Get Mentored. And Get Mentored is an idea that came about because in the startup tech culture, uh, it's very important for startup founders and CEOs to get help from professionals, from people who can connect them, from people in their business. Many times founders are starting off doing something that necessarily wasn't their profession before. So there's a very, very strong mentor culture and advisor culture in the tech startup world. I myself am a mentor and advisor on a couple of food tech accelerators like FoodX and Food Future. So we thought it would be great because we have access to so many wonderful people here that as we meet the tech founders who are starting companies to try and find out what things they need to move their business to the next level and connect them to people who can help them do that. We had an earlier episode, episode 76, uh, Get Mentored, which was about online food catalogs and food companies. Um, which was a great conversation between the folks from Try the World and uh, a founder named Eric, who has a company called Umlicious, which is all Asian food products. <laughs> and so they had a great Umlicious. conversation. Umlicious. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> so that's episode 76. Um, and it worked out really well. So we're going to do more of these. If you're a founder of a business and think that you need some help and need to be connected to an amazing mentor, give us a shout at techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. And maybe we'll see if we can get you on the show to help you out. So today, Cheryl Clements, she's the founder and CEO of a company called PyShell. And that's pieshell.com. They launched in October with five companies. It is a crowdfunding site that is specific to food and beverage businesses, restaurants, food companies, specific to the food culinary world. And she has basically two user groups that she needs to successfully connect to in order for this business to grow. And that is, one, the food business entrepreneurs who are looking for funds, they need to decide that Pie Shell is the place for them to raise their money versus Kickstarter or Indiegogo or any of the other myriad crowdfunding sources out there. And she also needs to connect with the public who's going to fund those projects and give founders their money. So when Sharon and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago about her company, she's got about 27 new companies in the pipeline and is getting ready to come out with her next batch and launch. I said, what is the thing that you're looking for that you really need to take your business to the next level? And she said, really, it's PR and marketing to get the word out to these two groups to really start to have action in the engagement. And I said, well, it sounds like we need a PR marketing expert. And so we invited Stephen Hall to come on and he's had his business since 1996. Ouch. And he has been doing... <laughs> PR, marketing, concepting, front of the house, licensing from Tokyo to San Francisco to New York, uh, yeah. and has a pretty good view of the terrain. Yeah, so. which, is, which is amazing because, you know, as you said, that it's one of the things in startup land is I think sometimes we can be, we need to be careful that we think we can do it all. But one of the things I, I really think I'm good at is knowing what I'm good at and what I'm not. And I mean, I'm not a marketer. I, you know, I love it and I love everything about it, but I also know that there are some ways to do it very effectively, very efficiently, you know, the old guerrilla marketing term, sure. you know, um, the quick hits, you know, we, and we have some of that stuff, but any advice on, you know, things that you've learned in, in the industry and how to get to them directly, because when you're small, 
you know, which is what you were talking about, Jennifer, we're all startups, so we don't have 50 people and millions of dollars to throw at things. So when, you know, I can only physically get to so many events and run the company, and so, you know, some of those things are, would be super helpful. So, yeah, so all of those things would be great for us. So I think one of the other things, too, that a lot of, um, for startups and founders, there's a couple different categories of, of why people think they need PR. A lot of times if you're going out to investors and you need money, you're looking for publicity in an arena like the Wall Street Journal or Wired, and you're looking for a proof of concept from a reputable media source that you can show to an investor and say, hey, look, the Wall Street Journal says we have a kind of cool idea and like maybe we would be successful, so you should give us money. And while those things are great for investors, and they're also great for the vanity and the ego of the founders, because we all love to see our, you know, our photos and our names in print, yeah. those types of things don't actually help you in traction with consumers who are going to give you money and restaurants who want to be on your site. Yeah, I mean, it's very different as, as, you know, there's vanity press and there's business press and there's effective press. And I think that one of the uh, – and, and you know, these days everybody casts a very wide net. And, you right. know, ever since, like, the social media term came up, that is the biggest, yeah. you know, development in kind of a way to market and advertise for yourself for very, very little money or for no money. But, you know, the the whole – the problem is if nobody follows you and nobody knows you, then yeah. nobody is seeing what you're putting out there. So it's very important that you kind of go after the uh, target market that is going to be read by the people that you want to target, you know. In the world of social media, just because someone has 100,000 followers, that doesn't mean that those 100,000 people engage with them exactly. all the yeah. time. There's a difference between engagement yeah, and followers. There really is. Yeah. And, you know, everybody just looks at that number and nobody really looks at the engagement because the number is like a quick hit. You know, oh, look, they have 50,000 followers. Or, right. oh, look, it's three stars. Oh, look, it's five stars. You know, and they don't actually look at the content to see if it has any real effect on you. Especially right. today when... Instagram changes the algorithm for how you view things in your feed. You no longer view every account you follow in real time. Right. It's populating your feed based on an algorithm of what things you've liked or clicked or yeah, engaged with and all that. Similar to Facebook, so, yeah. Similar to Facebook. Um, I think Twitter is the only thing now that really just continues to populate in real time with all of the accounts that you're following. So even if you think those 100,000 people are 100% your group, you don't have any guarantee that those 100,000 people are even going to see your post, let alone have it enter into their feed. Right, exactly. And how, you know, how many people spend the entire day? I mean, really, if you go through all the people, you could be scrolling up and down your phone forever. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that do that for a living and you, very, very you, successfully. You've met my but, husband. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but he doesn't do it for a living. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I understand because it's the same thing. I mean, and obviously people get their news that way yeah, and, and yeah. a lot of other things. But you have a very specific type of um, brand yes, that you yes. are going after. And I think one of the strengths of it is how much everybody loves the food world yeah. and how everybody wants to be a part of the food world. Yes. And I think that if you go on some of these other crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter or some of those other events, you know, it could be a movie or it could be a 
play or a book or a product or this or that. And your little niche is what makes you special and what makes you unique. So that is the space that you should continue to follow. And I do believe that there is, you know, everybody who is a writer, a journalist is also a social media influencer. Yes. You know, now it's not just the influencer. Everybody has a couple of different platforms. There are some people that are strictly Instagram influencers and they're becoming very, very popular. But there are journalists that have both platforms. And if you can hit both platforms, that's a great thing to do. You know, you don't have something that people can touch, feel, buy, love, caress. You know what I mean? And I understand that because I'm in PR. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's nothing that people can love, feel, buy, and caress. People really don't know know what you do, Stephen. Yes, I know. Sometimes I wonder myself. (laughs) Um, But it is, uh, but you know, but our job as a PR person is to rip apart your story and kind of find different outlets to tell your story in. Some of it is going to be vanity press, as Jen was saying, because you want to go to investor and say, here, look, Crane's New York Business wrote about my business. And, you know, and, and we've been validated. And others will, you know, be a little bit more geared towards you know, the people that may actually contact you right, about right. what it is yeah. that you want. I'm sure that, you know, people are constantly searching for ways that they can fund their businesses. And I'm yeah, sure that you come up SEO wise. And, and a- you get, absolutely. I'm sure you get a tremendous amount of requests. When I went on the site, I thought the most important thing was that you actually vet yes, the people that send well, that's you things. really important. I, you know, one of the things that one of the reasons why I did it was I've worked in technology for years and years, and I know that you can take that and make your life easier. I mean, and that's one of the things I loved. And and I knew that we could bring that to the food space because, you know, exactly what you said. So many people love food and they're going to these other sites and they're they're not feeling at home. They're not feeling comfortable. And that's what they tell us. And they tell us that they're super excited that we're there for them. They feel like we're there for them. And I mean, everybody loves food. It's such a community. Right. And they, we literally, you know, the four launch campaigns that we had, probably three of them said, we want to launch with you because we want you to be here for the next guy. And that that's what we, that's what these guys are bringing. They're just so supportive of one another. They actually contribute to one another's campaigns. I think Erica from Not Ketchup, if I'm not wrong, I think she's literally contributed to every single campaign we've had on the site. And that's just amazing. And, you know, and that's the that's what people feel when we talk about that we're there for them. They're like, oh, this is great because I didn't feel like I fit. You know, they're like one of these things is not like the other. And they just feel like they're an afterthought. And so they're not. They're food. Everyone loves it. So it's it's great. And it's we have had, you know, some people reach out to us. You know, we've had um, the New York City Business Journal, which was great. We uh-huh. I saw my name in Vogue for a minute. I never thought I'd see my name in Vogue. I can tell you that. But um, but I think a lot of that came from strategic partnerships as well, like where we're really building friends of Pie Shell. We kind of say, you know, where I work in a co-working space and they're amazing to help find other people that believe in what you're doing and you can sort of barter back and forth and um so we're at spacious and they and you've had them on the show and Preston and those guys are wonderful and you know we've had you know a little media cross pollination for lack of a better word which has been really helpful because you know they if they believe in us then they'll talk to them or vice versa and so those things were super helpful as well but the PR piece is is difficult because we we did use a PR firm for our launch and that didn't go so well and so, you know, that's something that I'm looking forward to hearing, you know, more about with your experience, because it we didn't, you know, what 
what they said they would do didn't happen. You know, even even things as minor as, you know, weekly updates and stuff like that. But part of it is what can you really expect? Because I think marketing, I think I think I'm I'm probably going to misquote, but I think, uh, you know, the head of marketing for Coca-Cola says, yeah, we spend 50 million on marketing and we know it works. We just don't know what 50 percent of that works. You know, like you sort of put it all out there and which part's actually working, because I think it's one of those things. It's tough to really drive right back to that item on that day, that post is the one that made the difference. And, you know, there's a lot of analysis as well that needs to happen. And so, you know, those those things are things that we're trying to, you know, wrap our heads around because, you know, we look at influencers and Google Analytics and the SEOs and where are they coming from. And so those things help a lot. So we need to take a quick break. And when I we come back, for a little while. <laughs> yeah. give Stephen to give Stephen some time mission. to collect his thoughts. Go. And when we come back, we will we will find out what Pieshell has planned for marketing and PR for their launch with the next twenty seven restaurants. And we will have Stephen give his uh, best practice advice as to what's going to be helpful, what might not be, and maybe some new things to consider. I'm Jennifer Leitzi. This Stay is Tech Bytes. Stay with us. <laughs> filing your own taxes and driving yourself crazy? Do you think a professional can do a better job of finding legal deductions? Do you own a business and need help with the accounting and taxes? Are you a not-for-profit business that needs financial guidance? Are you just plain tired of your boring accountant and looking for some fresh eyes? Try Fleming and Associates CPA. At Fleming and Associates, Joanne Flash Fleming can quantify anything in a flash. She'll do your taxes, assess your worth, and is even a forensic accountant, an investigator of white-collar crime. Joanne Fleming once said, It was terribly hard for me to read Moby Dick, but put a financial statement or a tax return in front of me, it's like a novel. Imagine that. Has the political and financial news got you feeling down? Joanne Fleming was the accountant for the Occupy Wall Street movement back in 2010. Who better to trust with your financial secrets? For more info, go to flashfleming.com or email Joanne directly, J-O-A-N-N-F-L-E-M-I-N-G at flashfleming.com. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk to influencers and innovators in the food tech space. Today, we are talking with Cheryl Clements, who is the founder and CEO of a company called PieShell, which is crowdfunding specifically for the food and beverage world. She needs some help and advice in the marketing and PR arena to take her business to the next level. So that's the focus of this Get Mentored episode. We have Stephen Hall from Hall PR, a New York City-based PR and marketing company that has offices from Tokyo to San Francisco to New York and knows the business inside and out. And he's here to hopefully help her get her PR and marketing to a place where she will be able to grow her business. So before the break, we were talking about a couple things. One, Cheryl had hired a PR company early on for their launch back in October. Um, That was 
moderately successful, perhaps. And then she has her next group of restaurants, 27 in the pipeline, projects in the pipeline, getting ready to come out later this month. She needs a big PR and marketing push to bring people to the website to give money. That's it. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah we've got uh, a lot of guys coming up that are going to be launching in the next quarter. And so, um, you know, as we talked about before, it's, you know, there are, I think what we found is some of our strategic partnerships where people share those projects that are coming and share the blogs about them. Because what we do is we incorporate them in all of our social media because we want people to know about them because we bring that food audience to them. So, so word of mouth sure. is your marketing it, strategy it's, at this stage. Well, via social and events and, you know, incorporate them in our blog and stuff. And so it's good when what we found is like when we, um, you know, do blogs with other companies, that helps raise our awareness. And then more people hear about these new companies as well. So it's the word of mouth via social media, your game plan for the next launch, for the next batch of releases? Social media and uh, we also influencers sharing that cross-pollination. Yeah, absolutely. Events. We go to a lot of events as well. So that's that's what we do. So that's the plan? Yes. Yes. What kind of events do you go to? We... one of the things that I'm going to is Food Bites. I'm going to be at Food Bites uh-huh. in March, which is great. Um, we also have a strategic partnership, our uh, community partnership with uh, New Hope, so Expo West, and they have been wonderful and put us in their newsletter and things like that. We also have a lot of incubators that we work with, and I teach, so they hear about us there, but they also put us in their newsletter. So that's great because that's a very focused group, and they, they know what we do, and they understand what we're about, and that's a great way to find um, – the people looking for money because they you know as we know everyone there's a lot of people looking for money but i think jennifer hit the nail on the head it's you know the help that would be even more critical than that new new campaigns are great but the actual people that want to fund them you know the people that want to support those guys yeah i mean i think that that's a very interesting thing because if you go to something like the fancy food show say then obviously they always have like the new product section where people don't pay as much as the big product section but there you're not only dealing with the product people you're also dealing with the distributors that are actually walking around. And a lot of the time, a distributor will find a product that they really want to support because they maybe want an exclusive to it in their store or they maybe want to private label it or whatever it may be. And they might be people who would be interested in funding a product. Nobody really goes to the distributor who owns a supermarket chain or who owns a grocery store chain and they they are in a lot of cases people that fund products. I know a few years ago I did <clears throat> I went to the Culinary Institute of America to their Worlds of Flavor event at Healdsburg at the campus there in Napa Valley, and you know Campbell's Soup people were there and they were looking for all of these new kinds of foods that they can potentially yeah, yeah. put into their cans. Yeah, and Unilever, Joe's was there. Unilever's and, given us a call because they yeah. they say you you're hearing about stuff long before we are. Right, and, and they want to know excited. because yeah. they want to be on the cutting edge. The other thing is that I want to address the question before because mm-hmm. like. Whenever I go into a meeting and they always say, well, I had a PR company and it really didn't work out, my standard line is to say, yeah, I'm always suffering the sins of the first wife. But, you know, the the question is, what type of company did you hire? Did you hire a company that specialized in tech? Did you hire a tech, company in yeah. food? See, yeah. and that's something – and I find that that happens to me all the time because – People come to me with businesses, not necessarily such as yours, but with online delivery services and with, you know, all these different types of food services. And they want the food press because they know that the people that may use their service are reading the food section of the New York Times or going on Grub or Eater or any one of these other blogs that they know that we have connections with. And a tech company, with all due respect to them, is not so warm and fuzzy. 
Absolutely. And they they were hired to reach the tech audience because we had an internal marketing resource that felt that they could cover all of this food space. So that's why we had kind of divided and conquered. And what were you going to achieve in the tech space? Because even though you are a tech tech product, the food entrepreneur who's coming onto your site is not a tech company. It's Uh, a food company. And the people coming onto your site to give you money to fund the food companies are not tech people either. So by going out to a tech-focused media, what was the audience call to action that you were hoping to get there? Actually, there are a large number of food companies that know that tech will support their business, such as Food and Tech Connect. That's one of our best audiences, actually. Those people understand crowdfunding, so it takes the education off the table, and it helps they understand how the tool works right away, and they have food businesses that they want to leverage new and upcoming technologies to better them. But those are events and organizations that you would create partnerships with. No, what I'm saying is... have been promoting publicity in the tech media. But what I'm saying is the people at those events are very tech savvy and are in that space and they use technology. And we find that a lot of the companies that we talk to that are open to crowdfunding and know what it is, they are very active in in tech environments and stuff like that. So that's that's what we felt. Um, And again, that was that was, you know, working with with a marketing resource. We felt that if we covered the two areas that that would help us. But, you know, maybe that's maybe that's something. So what was the result of covering the tech side then? Because the the food food side was internal. The agency was tech. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying is, unfortunately, it seemed like nothing came from it. So, right. But but that was part of my question is, what should you expect if, if you get PR? I mean, how much do you say, you know, you're very early and they're just not interested yet because you, you haven't been down the road a little ways, which we understand that now we're much more attractive to people. Right. Um, well, you know, the, the question always is, how much time was the PR company given to right. actually get the results that right. you wanted? You yeah. know, unfortunately, you know, I always tell everybody that, where our job is a big shade of gray. When we work, we're absolutely beautiful and golden. And when we, you know, don't work, nobody really sees the effort that goes into that one placement or that one particular connection that may come through. But, you know, the interesting thing about all food businesses that the tech space tends to ignore is the fact that food is something that people are very passionate about. Correct. Very and, much. you know, unfortunately, when you are working with a tech company, tech does not feel passion. Right. You know? It's not warm and it's fuzzy. It's not yeah. warm and fuzzy. And I think that your best asset for PR are the people who are starting the businesses that you're trying to fund for them. Right. The story may not be about you. No, it shouldn't be about us. The story would yeah. be about them. Yeah, And I exactly. think that when you, know, when you look at a PR or a marketing company to do the next level, these 27 businesses that you're going to be looking for funding for – those people need to be the ones that the press is on. Right. And then it will come back to you. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is what people tend to forget, you know, because they want to get press on their business. And, you know, one story is one story. And one journalist never wants to write what the other journalist wrote. And unless you can get them all to write in the same day, which we're very successful at sometimes, <laughs> um, they, you know, the story doesn't, you know, does the story have legs? Yeah. You know, how far can this go? Yeah. And I think that a good PR company dissects 
all of the salient features yeah. about what your company does and then pitches to the media that is attracted to that particular segment of your business. There's right. the big story and then there's the small story. Big story, small story. Right. And, you know, like Gypsy Rose Lee said, you never give all your, you know, you never take off both gloves. Yeah. You yeah. only take off one glove and then you start the ball rolling. But, you know, you have to get the small stuff to get to the big stuff because right. the big stuff takes a lot longer than the small stuff. The long is game, that, yeah. Is that why you asked how long the PR company yeah. worked? A lot of people don't know how media and publishing works in terms of the time frame. So maybe you could speak to that a little bit because if you hire a PR company for two months, you're probably not really going to get great results. No, you're only going to be able to get very immediate short lead results. Right. And those short lead results are not necessarily going to give you the wide range define, of audience Define short you want lead. To. So, sorry, sorry. You <laughs> That's know. okay. Um, you and I know. But, right, you know, exactly. People so who own restaurants and Right, there's short lead media, not. there's medium lead media, and there's long lead media. And long lead are monthly publications that are national publications that right now, being February, are talking about Christmas. You know, it's the same thing in retailing. Yeah. You know, what are they doing for Christmas? And a publication that is monthly cannot report on really timely news because right. they just can't grasp it at that moment. A short lead is a local publication that's either a newspaper or a blog or a weekly magazine that is in the market specifically that you are playing in, like New York Magazine or Time Out would be considered kind of short, medium lead, depending on what kind of lead time they have. But, you know, they come out weekly or biweekly, and they need at least two to three weeks before that. But a monthly magazine needs a four-month lead time. So if you were launching in October, the time for your PR company to come on and pitch you to a national tech magazine a la Wired or something like that would have probably been about six months in advance. And the only thing that you can expect from those publications now would be an online piece, right, you know, right. a blog post. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and as great as those are, those, they come and go very, very fast. Correct, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, the problem is that people a lot of time don't give media the time that it needs. I always tell my restaurant clients, how long is your lease for? 10, 10 years, 15 years? Great. And you only want to hire us for six months? You know, what are you going to do for the other 14 and a half right, months? Right, right. You know, no, 14 that's, and a half years. That's, that's great advice. So it is, it is something that you have to invest time in. And you also have to talk to your PR company right. because you have to be able to, they have to be able to feel you as a business and know that they're a partner for you and not just a hired hand. Right. That is the thing that I stress the most important is like, don't you think that we want you to be in every single piece of press imaginable? You know, we are your partners. Yeah. We are not just somebody that you're going to hire for like a quick hit and see you later. Right. We want to be with you. We want to develop stories. You know, we want to grow with you. And, you know, it's so that their relationship job. Yeah. is you want to make sure you find someone that really understands what you do. And like it, creative. That's exactly. And to be able to pull out the stories that you don't even know exist. Right. Right. You know, it's my job to look at a menu and pull out a story that the, the restaurant serving it doesn't know exists because they're just doing it because this is what they do. Right. But they don't know how many other people are doing something similar that may result in a larger story or in inclusion in an existing story right, or right. something like and that. It's, and it's great that you mentioned, you know, talking about the actual projects, because that's exactly what we did. We're like, these are the guys, you know, because we always say we're, you know, we're foundational. We're not the we're not the inside of the pie, per se. We, right. You know, it's the guys and those are the stories that we want to tell, you know, like the guy who right. made jam for his new girlfriend and then made her new flavor every week. You know, right. when I talked to him, I'm like, that's the coolest thing in the world. And then you married him. Well, you know, <laughs> that should have been like that. 
that should have been a Valentine's Day story. Yeah, it should have been exactly. everywhere. Yeah. You remember, um, it would have been great. One of the page six writers at one time, she made a sandwich for her boyfriend on a yep. daily a basis sandwich or something. Yeah. And, she, and it wound up being a best selling book, and it wound up, she wound up going on Today Show with I'm it. Sure it's going to yeah. be a movie Everything probably else. also. So, right, or exactly. a Netflix yeah. Why series. not? You know, the mind of a sandwich. Well, it's like, yeah, you know? it's like the Julia Child blog where she made a different recipe every right. day. Exactly. And then, you know, yeah. So those are the, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, I always tell everybody, you develop your business. Right. I now am a sponge. You know, I have to take in everything that you know in order to be able to pitch you to the press. Sure. And if you're not giving your PR, see, everybody thinks magic wand, you know, PR. Yeah, boom, no, boom. no. But it's not. You know, it's, you have it's to. It's very don't look behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah there's a lot going on. You have to work with people and give them, you know, it's got to be a give and take. Yeah. If you say no to your PR company all the time, you're not going to get any press. Yeah. You know, because like, no, we don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. No, we don't want to do that. Well, what do you want to do? We just want to serve what we serve. Well, guess what? That's not a story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nope, that's not yeah a story. I, and it's it's. I like that because I say to people all the time, you know, I'm, I I am not a PR person, so I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. As long as I feel that you're you're getting what we're about, then then you what, go and do what you do best. What, what so. is your expectation when you hired the PR company? What did you expect to? receive in terms of output? What did you expect your business to receive in terms of boost, in terms of your point of view? And then what did the PR company say in comparison that they were going to be able to provide for you? Because that's also something. Stephen raises right. a very good point that people think because they hire a PR company, they're going to be on the cover of a magazine or have a page spread in no, the New York think- Times and things like that. And sometimes... Yeah, I think I think our real our you know our goals were very realistic. We knew that it was you know I mean you mentioned that it should take six months. We didn't even know we were launching in six months. I decided we were launching. We stood the site up in three months, and so you know and it was you know with just the four campaigns. So we knew it was very focused. But that PR company felt that they had a lot of connections with. Um, we had one of our initial campaigns that had Down syndrome, and they had someone in their team that could do that. And they felt that they could just start to get a little bit of coverage out there to get these guys some visit the initial projects. Right. Um, we also, you know, hope that we would see, you know, just some things like weekly statuses that would have said, this is who we reached out to. And if, if they had indicated any like or dislike, because being so new, we wanted that feedback. Sure. I mean, people can pat me on the back all day long, but I'm going to learn way more and be a better company for the people that are not drinking, you know, pie shell Kool-Aid and that we can really learn from that. So we wanted to see, you know, what people were maybe saying about it, what they were thinking about the projects and timelines. So it was very realistic. It was a short engagement. Um, you know, probably in our in hindsight, we probably shouldn't have done it, even though they said they could accomplish something in, you know, the six weeks. But it was very, we knew that it would be more coverage web-based, you know, a very quick sure. turn. We didn't think we'd be in any, you know, paper publications because that would be a much longer lead time and things like that. So I think we were realistic, but I think, you know, it was just... Yeah, it just it just didn't work out. Well, it sounds like you know maybe they had the best of intentions, Absolutely. but obviously yeah. couldn't go through with it. But not giving you status reports and things like that is just foolish because you yeah. know you have to account for your work in some way or at yeah. least your outreach. And like I said before, yeah. you know it's nobody's job to know what happens behind the scenes. Yeah. You know everybody wants to see the result. Nobody wants to watch the rehearsal. Everybody wants to see the play when it's finished. Yeah. So you know I don't need that to see is, you making sausage, yeah, but at exactly. least show me some sausage. Exactly. Show me some. Show me something. <laughs> yeah. So you know that you're. 
stirred the pot a little bit. Exactly. You know? and, and I agree that you got some reaction uh, and you try. And that takes a company that is a lot more aggressive than sometimes companies are. Because when you're giving somebody a short amount of time to work in, yeah. they've got to work very fast. Six and weeks kind of is very not fu- very much furiously. time. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was <clears throat> very, very short. And so yeah, but it's, like it, I say, in a very small budget. We, also have, we were just yeah. a little, just a little color to the But they to have the to, but you know, the, the idea is, you know, I always tell everybody that, you know, I get a lot of carrots dangled in front of me every yeah. day, you know, and I, and I take a bite out of each one of them because you never know which one is going to lead you to the next place right? and which one is going to. So that's why I said before, if you engage a PR company, you have to remember that they are your partner, not exactly. just yeah. somebody that you hire to wash the floors. Yeah. You know, they are your partner in this and they should have given you more feedback maybe yeah. than they did. Um, but, you know, I don't no, it, know. It's, those things are good, are. you know, ex- expectations and what to expect from a company that you've never used before yourself and how right. long that should be. So th- that's super helpful. And then everybody kind of, you know, I, like I say, you know, there's a lot of things that I always tell everybody. There's a laundry list of things that I do for people that I never get paid for Absolutely. that other people have businesses. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you get paid for that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I do that all the time and I don't get paid for that at all. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes yeah. that is also you have to be very clear and very focused. I can accomplish this in six weeks. Yeah. If you don't feel like that's enough for you, then you say that's not enough for what we want. Then you move on. Yes. But, you know, it's up to them to say, well, you know, if, if they say to you, you know, I'm going to deliver you the cover of Wired magazine in six weeks they're just right. they're, yeah, no. i've told a lot of people don't go with a pr company that's lying to you because yeah. if they're lying to you from the beginning they're lying to you for forever right, right. you know you've got to be somewhat honest yeah no I, that's wonderful i teach a class sometimes uh at journey which is the uh organization for people in the hospitality industry and i teach a couple different classes on marketing and pr 101 and my cautionary tale that i tell um for people looking to engage a PR or marketing firm is about a restaurant that had very, very high aspirations. They had aspirations to be Pellegrino 50 Best, Three Star Michelin, James Beard, Best Restaurant in the Country, had aspirations to be one of the top, top, top restaurants in the world. And they went to a PR company, a couple of PR companies, and they said, we want these things. And the PR company, which was an established restaurant industry PR company, gave them a proposal that said, we will help you attain three stars Michelin. We will help you become James Beard Best Chef. We will um, do all these different things by bringing in this media and that media and create, you know, word of mouth and buzz and all those kinds of things for you. And and yes, we're going to help you reach our goals. And so they said, great. And they engaged the PR company. And what the PR company didn't tell them was that it was going to be impossible for them to have three stars Michelin. They were never going to get them. And the simple reason was the restaurant was not located in a city that was reviewed by the Michelin Guide. You can have the best restaurant in the world. If it's in Oklahoma, you're not getting Michelin stars because there is no Oklahoma Michelin Guide. Wow. The PR company did not have the the information and the expertise for the industry. The restaurant, shame on them for not taking the time to understand their own industry, their own industry and the things they were asking for. Because if they had thought about it, they would have understood that they were not going to get three stars Michelin unless they were located in a city with a Michelin guide. So 
it's a cautionary tale on, on both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to look for PR companies and marketing professionals who know their industry, right. who know their business. And sometimes when a PR professional like Stephen would have said, you're never getting that, that's not happening, and right. this is why, sometimes no is an indicator of expertise, and it helps you set your expectations. Sure. But the consumer, the best consumer, the best client is also the person who's most educated right. about yep. their business. Yep. About their business, for sure. You know, the interesting thing is that because, you know, PR works in many, many mysterious ways. Right. You know, there's like a domino effect yeah. a lot of the time. We could send out a press release and, and I, I always say it gets me very frustrated when the restaurant calls and says, oh, so-and-so from blah, blah, blah publication called me and I'm going to be in the story about Duck. And I'm like wait a minute, we pitched that writer about that story about Duck. Why did they just go directly to you and they didn't yeah. come? To, but this is the way that people work and you have to accept it. Yes. You know, yep. you have to accept that there's, you know, that you, again, are all in this together. And that is quite a story, I have to say, because yeah, there's a lot of people that use, like, we want to be three-star Michelin as, and I'll, I'll just say, literally Michelin or just like in the style of Michelin? Like, <laughs> are you serving in the style of Kobe beef or are you so really, actual. are you one of the actual yes. restaurants certified that's to a, serve Kobe beef? That's a very smart you question know? to ask, Because Mr. a lot of people sort of say like, well, you know, they are, everybody has, yeah. you know, I always tell everybody, you know, everybody's baby is the prettiest and sometimes it's our job to say, oh, that kid could use a little lipstick. You know what I mean? That's the baby. But there are some people who actually do think that, yes, yeah, we're going to be on the Pellegrino top 50 list. Yes, they do. And, yes, you know, do. that's great they for don't motivation. Even serve Pellegrino. <laughs> that's not a part of it. It's not called Pellegrino List anymore, right? <laughs> now it's just the 50 best restaurants in the world. Anyway. Spons- sponsor. Anyway, we won't get into that. We won't get into yeah, that. That's, and, a, that's for and, another show. And that's we it. actually can't get into any more because we are out of time. We're actually over time. Um, so I'm going to have to say, while I think we could continue to talk about this for hours and hours and hours, we have to bring it to a close. I'm going to just ask Stephen Hall very, very quickly for a piece of advice. What are the top things you need to look at for hiring a PR and marketing agency? Or what are the top couple questions you need to ask to make a good decision? Um, You have to be realistic about what your goals are. You have to engage your PR company as if they are a partner to you and not just a hired hand. And you really have to understand, you know, make sure that the PR company that you're working with not only understands the platform that you're playing in, but understands the products that are within that platform, because that's very important. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, it's super helpful. It's uh, I think a lot of it is based on relationships. They need to really understand you and what you're trying to do and then they can do the best job. Yeah. You know, you have to think outside of the box. You know, the the most interesting stories come from places that you'd never expect them to because, you know, you just don't you know, you don't know once you open up the floodgates. Yeah, exactly. You know, it all comes coming coming in at you. Yeah. No, I really appreciate it. Well, Thank you for coming on Thank and you so sharing the story of me. Pie Shell. Yeah. You know, this is one of the many stories that we hear on Tech Bytes and that we hear on the Heritage Radio Network. We are a .org and a 501c3 nonprofit charity. And that means we need help and support from our listeners, our members, our sponsors, and our underwriters. And... Telling these stories, different stories, discussions, conversations about what's happening in the world of food from school lunch policy to big farming to making kimchi and cheese. These are all really important 
parts of our food life and our collective cultural life. And if you think the free press and telling stories and protecting our food heritage is important, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the beating heart, and give us a donation. Maybe give us what you would have spent on coffee today if you were going out into a restaurant. It's um, an $18 if you, coffee place, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. If you designate your donation to Tech Bites, I will send you something special and give you my undying love. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites. For listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.